I'm Jay Paul Zimmerman, and you're listening to a podcast where nostalgia comes alive. It's Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show. Roll it. Welcome to Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show, the podcast where nostalgia comes alive. Since July of 2021, Jake and his friends have interviewed professionals in the worlds of acting, directing, writing, puppeteering, and many more. Who will they be chatting with in this week's interview? Find out in this Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show episode. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show, where nostalgia comes alive. I'm here with us. Thank you for joining. As always, I'm your host, Jake Duffenbaum. Today, as always, our co-host, Chris Bixby, and Matt Bingo. How you guys doing? Doing good. good. What's up, everybody? How you doing? Glad you're with us. How you doing, Jakey? I'm doing great, Matt. Thank you for asking. Chris, good. what do you have for today? Yes, again, happy uh, you're here with us, folks. Our guest today has directed your childhood. He has directed a bunch of TV series for Disney Channel and Nickelodeon from shows like That's So Raven, Good Luck Charlie, Jesse, The Thundermans, a whole bunch of things we're going to talk about today. And here he is, Eric Dean Seaton. Eric, happy to have you here. Hey guys, how you doing? Honored to be here. How's it going? Good. Doing good. Thank you. I'm good. Absolutely. So for those who don't know you, could you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and what you do? Uh, my name is Eric Dean Seaton. I'm a television director. I've uh, been directing probably since 2008. Uh, a lot of started at Disney Channel, then moved to Nickelodeon, and then eventually a lot of adult uh, shows, Modern Family, Life in Pieces, and got into the amazing Berlanti world and did all the superhero shows. And uh, last year did two pilots, early edition. Uh, for CBS, which didn't get picked up, boo. And Average Joe, which is on BT Plus, got picked up and got like the highest uh, scores ever on Rotten Tomato, and it's a fantastic series. And uh, now I'm just jumping genres, doing Will Trent and a lot of different shows, and and and, uh, and having a good time doing. It. Nice, great, awesome, awesome. So, what was your background like, and how did you grow up? So my story is kind of strange. I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. And we were the first black family in an Orthodox Jewish neighborhood. I went to Catholic schools and my grandparents lived in the uh, rougher area in Cleveland. And when I always tell people like, well, what's that like? I was like, well, four years ago, we sold their house for $11,000, the four bedroom house. Um, and so my, my dad worked out of town and I just always grew up loving stories. I used to have a paper out for the plane dealer and uh, um, I had a German shepherd and uh, so my dad came home on a weekend one time and he, he uh, went on the paper route with me because we didn't have a lot of money and just wanted to hang out. And uh, afterward, he told me I couldn't take my dog anymore. And I was like, why? And it's like, because the entire north side of the street were concentration camp survivors. And here we were with our giant German shepherd, the dog of their oppression. But they couldn't have been nicer. They told me so many stories, amazing stories, tragic stories about Holocaust and just from the diverse background, I just grew up loving stories and and wanted to be a storyteller and moved out to California. I didn't know anybody. And my uncle used to play basketball for the Harlem Globetrotters. Um, oh, wow. No, it was pretty cool. So he smoked, which is bad. So he had emphysema, bronchitis, and asthma. So I took care of him by day and um, got sh- jobs in the entertainment business at night. But I mean, I was in Orange County. It's not even the place to live if you want to be in Hollywood. And so after about a year, he passed away, sadly. And then I moved up uh, uh, to LA and just started working my way up. And I and the one good advice I always give people because someone gave me was take the road less traveled. So I, I always picked a lot of shows that were 
you know, when ratings were important, we're the bottom of the rating barrel um, because um, a lot of people don't want to get there, go there. They want job security. But when you're young and you're trying to make a name for yourself and you want opportunity and experience, it's a great place to get it. And so I ended up doing a lot of shows, moved up, luckily moved up pretty quickly, like from PA to assistant director to, and then ended up at Disney Channel when they were starting uh, That's So Raven. And um, I was kind of knew a lot about visual effects because my roommate worked at a studio and we would watch dailies and we just kind of like shadowing and just kind of like studying how they did stuff. So I was always helping out all the directors in the episodes and, you know, all those shows at their infancy were always too big um, with the kid hours. And as the first and probably the main, I did, I did Raven, I did um, Hannah Montana pilot and I did um, uh, Wizard of Waverly pilot. I, I actually kind of, yeah, I mean, they've adjusted it, but kind of created the system and a lot of different tricks and ways to get the shows done within the kid hours. And they were like, do you want to direct? And it's all I ever wanted to do. So I ended up eventually getting my chance to direct and started directing and ADN. And, and um, then I, I actually did this spinoff, Corian House. Um, but I ended up stopping uh, assistant directing because they started hiring a lot of um, newer directors, which was great. But there was a director once that said, oh, he didn't really know what he was doing. And he's like, oh, they said, you're going to help me out. And I just thought to myself, yes, I am, of course. But if I could help you out that much that it's trusted, why can't I just do the job myself? And so I decided to stop ADN and uh, became a full-time director and started working my way up from there and, just, you know, enjoying the ride. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Nice. Always enjoying the ride. So before working as a director, you worked as a stage manager for several projects. Can you talk a bit about what a stage manager does and what your work was doing stage managing? Stage manager is actually essentially really an assistant director. It's the same job. The difference is um, one's on tape and one's on film or digital. And so things that like the old the sitcoms, um, the two, early 2000s, a lot of them were um, uh, tape shows before they went digital. And so they called it stage manager. But in essence, it was no different job than assistant director. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, but what they do is you're in charge of the floor. You're the, you're the first AD, you're assistant director. You're scheduling and, you know, running the floor and making sure the actors know what they're doing and the directors know what they're doing and just kind of, you know, like you're the, you're the floor leader, you know, and the, and the better floor leader you are, you know, the better the show runs. Definitely. Interesting. So as you just uh, mentioned, you uh, got to direct a handful of episodes for uh, That's a Raven. What was it like kind of directing that show and working with that cast? Uh, it was a dream come true. It To me, it was the perfect um, training ground to learn how to become a director in uh, multicam. So there's different styles of shows. Those sitcoms are multicam. They're shot with four cameras. And, uh, and, and, and so everything happens at once. And if you remember that show, it was always three people. It was Raven, Chelsea, and um, and my best friend. I, I guess the one was running Orlando. Um, and so it was always more cameras than actors. So learning cameras was very great on that show because you were always in control of the scenes. Um, I always tell everybody the way to learn that is uh, if, if you have more cameras than actors, there's no, no, no matter how hard it's going to be, you can get through it. When you have more actors than cameras, that's when it becomes a little tricky. But multicam is basically... Um, it's a it's a play and you're shooting it you're visually shooting a play like when you go to the theater so there's a fourth wall that's where the audience is and then there's a three wall set 
So you have four cameras. It's called A, B, C, and X. X is because uh, uh, D sounds like C, so they named it X. And then if you want to know the history of that, it was originally three cameras back in the day of shows like Happy Days and all that. And Gary Marshall changed it when they created Mork and Mindy to four cameras. And the reason being is Robin Williams was so funny, he couldn't take a camera off of them because they were missing stuff. And so they added a camera to always keep a camera on the main actor. And the art of multicam is just that. It, it continued from that. You always keep a camera on the main person. So there was never a time when Raven wasn't, there wasn't a camera on Raven. There was never a time when there wasn't a camera on Miley, Selena, Demi, on and on and on. You always kept a camera on the main person because in comedy, it's not just what someone says, it's the reaction to what someone says. And it's about the character. So you always wanna know if somebody else says something funny, Raven or whoever's reaction to it. Um, so it was a perfect training ground to learn how to do stuff. And we did stunts, effects, costumes, makeup. She played multiple characters. Um, so all the, I mean, we once had an elephant in the set, which was the most bizarre thing in the world because it's bigger than the set. And I remember looking at the trainers, I stood next to this thing and I go, this elephant, if this elephant gets mad, what happens? She's like, this whole set goes down. <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing you can do and I was like wow you know so it, it could give you perspective when you see something that big in life because we just don't you see it at a zoo but when you're standing up underneath the leg and you're just looking up and this thing is barely fitting so it was just a great training ground we had so much fun and then it was a time when they did a lot of episodes the year there was a year where we did 36 episodes and took a break to shoot a Hannah Montana pilot and the Wizard of Wavy pilot and Sweet Life pilot or Sweet Life on Deck, one of the two, and just kept going. Like, so I never, I went like a year, year and a half, never had a week off, never, just always was just working, 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 working. And it was just a fun time. So, and, and the other thing about those shows is like, there's always a family atmosphere about it. Kid shows are very hard because of the hours that you have, but at nine o'clock, you're done on a Friday night and everybody go out and drinking and having a good time. So you made a lot of friends, you made a lot of lifelong friends in those shows. So you mentioned earlier uh, Corey the House, but you also got to direct the spinoff Raven's Hope. How different was it uh, from That's So Raven to the spinoffs? And what, was, what were the big challenges for that? So much fun to do. The spinoff was very interesting because it was Raven coming back. And I was told her that week, I said, like, you're like a bull in a china shop because she's so excited, so much energy. And I, I you know, I, there's a kitchen scene and they're in that pilot. Uh, I think it was the first scene of the pilot. And we just wanted, she just wanted to move, move, move. And it was just one of those things where I was like, then just do it. And we ended up, if you watch the first part of that pilot, they come in, I remember it's in the house, they go to the living room, back to the kitchen, all through the whole thing. It's all one take. It's all one, it's a 14 minute scene that just goes. And we were just flying and, and did it like a play you know, kicking the cameras down to the other end for when she comes to the room and all that. And we must have did it, done it, did it, done it three times, maybe changed the coverage a little bit, but the whole thing is one thing. So it was, it was fun. It was fun to go back. Um, it was a different world. It was very interesting to watch her. Now she's become a great director to like see her um, now work with younger kids because she started when she was very young, you know, and to see that talent passed on. Um, but I enjoyed it. And Jed and Scott were really um, great guys. And they really kind of, they kind of captured um, the, a good essence of what the show could be. Um, so it was a fun experience. So. 
definitely. And I know you also directed a number of episodes, um, some other Disney Channel shows I grew up with, uh, Sunny with a Chance and uh, Good Luck Charlie. What were those shows like? Sunny was my big break. Sunny was the the life changer um, because what had happened was they, you know, Raven and the shows were over and there was a strike. And then after the strike, I I claimed I wanted to be a director and, and I was single, didn't didn't work for a long time, but I was always like studying, still watching the daily, still doing stuff. And I remember I used to go to the movies every Friday night because I love the movies, still do. And uh, I got a call to come in. I had tickets for movies. And for some reason, I was the universe. I, I, I was sitting on the couch and I didn't get up to go to the movie. I had tickets, didn't know you didn't get up. And I got a call and they were like, we want to know if you want to come in and do Sunny with a Chance. And it was just starting the show, three episodes in. And usually when you're a new director, you get the writer's assistance episode right before Christmas. You know, they, they give you a spot. It's like a, usually a spot where it's like all the up and comings and the writer's assistants get their shot. The, the director that's hasn't directed enough, you know, for a first year show anyway, um, a lot. And so I was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm around at Christmas. I was I was going to go shadow on Desperate Housewives or something. And uh, they were like, no, we're talking about Monday. And I'm like, oh, wait, you're shooting right now. You, you about to fire somebody? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, oh. So I came oh. in. <laughs> <laughs> I came in on a Sunday and I was like, and they, to a person told me that everyone in the room told me the show was something different. And I went from super excited to like really nervous because like they, they have a great show, but nobody's saying exactly what this show is. And I remember 30 Rock was on that night when I went home and I was like, oh, this is going to be a disaster. This is like, this could be the end of the director career before it gets started. And I watched 30 Rock and I was like, Sunny with a Chance is a show within a show. So I came in that Monday and I had a list of rules. And I was like, we're gonna show kids and little families a show within a show. So we're gonna do, we're gonna walk off the set. We're gonna do walk and talks. We're gonna shoot in the stands. You know, certain sets would be just the sets, but other than that, you're gonna see that they're made out of thin, thin wood and we're gonna do these different things. And uh, and and it worked um, and it was a great week. And I got along really well with her and kind of got her energy and, and, uh, and designed some things you know, to make her world interesting because it was her first sitcom and first real show. And, you know, as in, she's a fantastic music artist, but, you know, working Monday through Friday after you've done concerts on the weekend are kind of hard. So I, you know, had a lot of rules, like we wouldn't start with her and we'd do some of the other storylines first and come around. And so it worked great that week. And then they asked me to come back the next week and the next week and the next week. And the next thing you know, I never left. And, uh, and it just became a great thing. And then ended up doing the uh, sketch show was a spinoff um, after she left. And that was great too, because it did music artists. It's funny how many music artists, I have a picture with me and Miguel before he was big and didn't even realize, like, you know, I was listening to some song and I was like, wait, that's, you know. And so we had like a lot of different, Coco was on there, um, so many artists and 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 Sketch was fun because I love Saturday Night Live. So it was like doing my own version of Saturday Night Live every week. Um, so it was, it was a really good experience. We even had the Muppets and that's, if you've never, so just so you know, you can never see the Muppets laying down. When they come in, they can only be upright. Right. So I'm talking, so, and they have to stay active. So this is Miss Piggy. So even while I'm giving notes to her person, she's reacting the whole time. And so half the time you're talking, you're looking at the person and you're looking at, at, at Miss Piggy because she's yep. alive the whole time. And then, so it was, it was awesome. It was an awesome experience. Hmm. Definitely, yep. and you know, so with cool. with a uh, good luck, Charlie. We previously interviewed uh, Eric Allen Kramer. Yes. Yes. Thor. Yeah, original Thor. Yes. 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 How, how was he? 
Oh, he so, he was wonderful. He was we great. talked a lot about behind the scenes stuff for the show, and you know how mm. it was how everyone was so sad, like on the last day, like when it ended. Yes, that was a true family show. I had a really good time the first season, and uh, and did some creative, interesting. I was very much like all those movies that I I would go see. I would kind of bring to like some of the shows I would do, and which would you know make for some very cinematic and fun stuff. And I, I there's a they, they they had a tree house, and I always remember did this three sixty coming out of the tree house, and he's and every time I see him, he still talks about that to this day, you know, because he had come, you know, he'd done a lot of big stuff, and this was first like you know family show and i think he enjoyed that because yeah you know, amazing actor and now you're coming to this family world you know playing a father and he still saw a little cinematic we, we could still be cinematic and and try some things so i think he really enjoyed it so he's a good guy so what was the line of getting to direct austin and ali that was hands down one of my favorite shows because they are as advertised for four of the nicest um, people you ever want to spend time with. They, I still have, um, on the last season, they knew it was ending, they autographed scripts for everybody and they all wrote something personal. And I have like a whole wall sitting on my wall. It's beautiful. Um, but it also is one of the top three most fun experiences I had of something that was crazy. So on a fall day camp show, you, you table reads on Monday, you rehearse maybe a little bit. Tuesday, you rehearse and do a run-through for the writers. Wednesday, you do a run-through for the producers and you shoot Thursday and Friday. Well, one of the last episodes I did there, actually it was a kind of like a pivotal episode because I kind of really wanted to like branch out and to do other things. Um, that, that on the Wednesday night, the network exec threw out the script and didn't like it and mm. waited up all night to get the new script and come eight o'clock in the morning, we're starting, there's no script. And so I went in, I remember um, meeting with the cast and I was like, we have no script, it's coming. We have one, only one scene they kept, the opening scene. I said, so we're gonna do the opening scene and then we're gonna just go scene by scene and we had two days to shoot it and we'll rehearse in front of everybody. We'll put the cameras on it. And at the end of the episode, they rewrote the episode. They did, Kevin and Heath are brilliant and they rewrote a brilliant episode where it turned into a birthday. It was, it was Austin's birthday and they ended up dropping a um, grand piano um oh yeah i remember oh, yeah. that episode now yeah. tell you how yes. great that crew was there was no grandpa none of that stuff that you saw in that episode past the first scene was there they had to go find a piano and everything so we shot in an order and i and you know you can only drop a grand piano once so i ended up shooting it where we faked that we dropped it so i could get all the reaction shots first everybody running around and then we had four cameras on grand piano and so it turned out to be one of the true bonding experiences because we, from the load from the PA all the way to Kevin he's executive producers me everybody in between cast we were all going scene by scene moment by moment whatever we rehearsed the scene oh so we need band-aids we'd run and get those like whatever we made up everybody got everybody had and the episode turned out to be fantastic and uh it was like it was like a true highlight because you just like all the your skills and everybody on the fly and i would say that everybody in the business is an artist no matter even the prop person no matter what jobs they're doing and you got to see that artistry um come to life and it was just it was amazing amazing so you you would you had brought up jesse earlier which co-starred cameron boys who we uh, sadly lost a few years ago could you share any memories from working with cameron just that he had like a really great energy about him. And you know what's funny? Um, 
what I most think about him, I think about his parents because his dad was always there and his dad was a good guy. And I just feel bad for them um, and how they must feel um, not having him around anymore. Um, I did two episodes. I, you know, it was a, it was a, um, it was a group cast, you know, uh, ensemble. So I didn't necessarily spend any particular time with him. Um, I know um, from Austin Alley, I was the first, Sophia Carson, who's an amazing singer, was her first time acting with Austin Alley. I know they became very close and I still follow her on Instagram and see that she every year um, talks about him and all that and everything. But uh, I, She's gone on to do some wonderful things too. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's awesome. that, was oh, her yeah. First, yeah, that was her first acting job. She was like a student at UCLA. Oh wow! Yeah, she's very sweet. Um, so I don't. I I I just remember the parents really well, and I remember his dad, and I just remember, you know, how sad I was for them. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was he was a a great young man. It's just sad when no parent wants to outlive their kids that much. I know. Right. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the main thing I kind of like think of and, and and keep them in prayers and stuff from time to time. So. Definitely. So you also direct for some Disney XD series, including the show Kicking It. Can you talk a bit, working on that? Which show? Kicking It. Kicking It. Oh, Kick It. I did the pilot. That was my that was my first pilot after Sunny with a Chance. All the good stuff from Sunny with a Chance led to uh, Kicking It, and uh, and I loved um, karate movies. And the best thing I can tell you about that is um, Leo, who was the lead. He hadn't really. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was my first pilot. I remember in um, the audition, the final audition, so they do a screen test. It was, a, it right. was a Leo and Olivia. And uh, there was another kid. The other, the other kid was a great kid. He's actually more experienced than Leo and, and, and might have been, at the time, a better actor at the time, right? But after this, they, they both did their audition. And afterward, I remember Adam, head of the network, was like, well, Eric, what do you think? And I said, at the end of the cut, at the end of the, their rehearsal, Leo walked towards Olivia and the other young man walked away. And I said, the character is Leo. Like, even if he's not, you don't think he's there acting wise, he is that guy. Cause he was, he had that moment where he walked towards her and there was a bonding moment and you could see he was that guy. And then everybody agreed. And that's how he ended up getting it. Cause I don't know that his audition was actually better, but he, if you're going for a series, it's not necessarily about the moment of the audition. It's about the character long long term and what you can write for and what you can do for it and I was like he is that that's who he is so he got it he did all his stunts he was amazing um it was an amazing pilot to shoot because I got to just shoot you know karate style and four cameras and just just really like dove into like things that I grew up watching Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan or whoever um, so I had a great time on the pilot it was fun it was a fun show it was a fun show it was like oh, yeah, a very big show to do because we always had those fight scenes and everything. And I might've been, as time went on, I might've been more ambitious than, this one thing about once you do a pilot, you don't always want to go back and do the show because you have more time and more money in the pilot. And then when you go back in the series, you don't. And you kind of are still trying to make that art, but they they kind of shifted gears into making that product. And so I learned from that, like you don't necessarily always have to um, to go back. And I went back for a few times. And then after that, it was, it was kind of enough for me because it, it wasn't, I, we couldn't match story creative wise. I couldn't beat what I had already done. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's kicking ass as a great show. And, and I know, I know you only directed for, for, an, for just one episode of that show, but we also got to direct a, an episode for Crash and Bernstein of the Monkey Business episode. 
Yes. That's fun. That's fun. Yeah. Puppets. Like, you know, I loved it. I had a good time. And Eric, the creator, he's a good guy. I, was, I didn't get to spend a lot of time. That was the only time I worked with him was that one time, but he was, he was, uh, he's a good dude. So oh, yeah. yes. And yes. And, and Tim, the guys who yeah. puppeteer. So, um, you also got to, uh, briefly direct the imagination movers for, uh, an episode. What, what was it like kind of working with them? That was great. That was my official first single cam for this channel. I got to go to New Orleans, um, which I had never hadn't been before uh, and was fun. And I liked them. They were really good guys. And my friend Joe Menendez, amazing director, um, was the producing director on it. I remember I shot in a style that he hadn't kind of seen before because I didn't cut really. I just kept like redoing everything and we kind of like plowed through. Mm -hmm. And I remember going, that was that was interesting. I've never I've never seen it done that way and all that and then as so it was like the greatest compliment because here's somebody directing work i look up at look up to and like he's done some great stuff and i was like oh that guy's a little something he hadn't done <laughs> so yeah imagine it was fun that's fun so. oh yeah it's amazing amazing show i remember you know wonderful we, show we remember watching him we watched yeah. that show a lot on playhouse disney yeah and uh, <laughs> scott durbin who's one of the uh imagination movers he's a good friend and also a previous guest of ours oh and nice Yes, yes, he's he's amazing. Great Definitely. guy, absolutely wonderful. All, all the all of them are just great. They're so talented. Oh, yeah. They really are. Yeah. And, oh yeah, and 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 Wendy Callio too. Wendy yep. Callio, Kevin Carlson, who did Warehouse Mouse on the show, mm -hmm. who's previous yep. guest. Yes, yeah. wonderful people fun, as always. Fun group, very quirky and uh, and a good quirky. Yes. 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 Good quirky. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. But they were bringing something to it. They were bringing that comedy, so you had to like. Be on your toes. Yep. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Kept you on your toes, which is always good. Moving on to your work with Nickelodeon, you directed a couple episodes of The Haunted Hathaways. What was working on that show like? It was fun. It was different. Um, I loved it. I I loved my time in Nickelodeon. I actually did a bunch of pilots for them. I don't I don't know that any of them got picked. Well, I know they didn't get picked up, but I Nickelodeon was a great experience for me because when I kind of left Disney and did Nickelodeon, they only knew me as a director. I'd never come up from there. So you, it's kind of different when you leave your house and you and people only know you for what you are. Um, Haunted Hathaways was fun. Um, cast was sweet. Uh, creators were good. Um, uh, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of fun things. That, I was using fun so much as an analogy. I'm trying to think of like any particular like adventures. Um, it was a good show. I just had a good time with everybody. It was a good show. Awesome. Um, and you also do like a bunch of episodes for Nikki, Ricky, Dicky, and Dawn. What was it, you know, kind of get to direct? That became my cast. second home. That became my biggest second home. Yeah, because uh, that was another family show. It was. That show, those those boys, the Nikki, Ricky, that was a lot. That was a hard show to do because it was they were all different personalities. But not in a hard <laughs> negative way, just in a lot of, you know, you had like a lot of things going on. Um, I'm still friends with uh, 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 a couple of them and, and uh and uh lizzie i see her i saw uh her we were, we were in vancouver at the same time when i was doing a lot of the superhero shows and she was on million little things and so all the kids up there they kind of hang out so we would always talk through them and all that um uh and uh, uh it was a good show it was a fun show so a lot i did i did like i think i did like 19 episodes of that show it was a lot so it was a good show absolutely and um i know and the hardest part was oh. i tell you so so yeah. i said so we and the end of the 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 hardest part of that show, if you read in the script, the quads enter because that's what we call them, the quads. And they're just them walking in a room, just getting the point ridiculous. So at the rap party, 
there's a blooper reel of two and a half minutes of them just trying to walk into a room. Uncut. <laughs> and so Michael Feldman, the creator, you have to see it. And that you know that um sports place that that they owned, I forgot the name of whatever. Yeah. Them walking yeah. in two and a half minutes. Uncut. Just them trying to walk in. You hear me, you hear them trying, bumping into each other, starting over everything. And so when I hired directors, he would tell them, he goes, the hardest part of your job is when you see in the script, the quads enter. <laughs> Getting the four of them on the same page was, uh, was, a, was a job within a job. Um, mm, sounds like sounds like it. You have to see. If I, I hope one day that they can that video thing um, that blooper can be found or shown or they show it somewhere because it's hilarious. And then and what they did they put a timer at the bottom so you could see because you're like is this one more than one take? And it's like, no, one take two and a half minutes. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. And on the subject of um, uh, family shows, you also directed uh, one of my favorite uh, more modern Nick shows, The Thunderman's. Oh, yeah. That was another yes. one. So Thunderman. So I I was supposed to do it sooner, but I did the pilot to Mighty Med. So Jed, the creator, not very nice guy, but he did not want anybody from the other superhero show. So I had to wait a season or two to come in, and then and they, you know, then then once I got there, I was doing them all the time and had a good time. Loved the Thundermans. Thundermans was Nickel for me, Nickelodeon's Austin and Alley, where you had a wonderful cast. Wonderful creators, wonderful people, wonderful producer. The producer, um, Patty Gary Cox, was, was a really close friend, and she was like one of the catalysts to hire me to become a director. She was on the on Raven, um, and uh, so I had a lot of fun on that show. And it was superhero. I love superheroes, so it, it was a good show. It was, good, it was a lot of fun. Absolutely, and that show, and that show's actually uh, coming back as a movie, which I think yeah. is cool. They're doing a movie, and my buddy Trevor uh, is directing it. Who's an amazing director. Um, and uh, he's he's directing and they're directing it as a multi-cam movie, so I'm excited to see it because they did a movie that the great Jonathan Judge, who's another great director, did, but he shot it like like a movie. But this, they're kind of just taking the show and doing it as a multi-cam movie. So I'm interested to see what Trevor did with it because he's very creative. So I'm interested to see like how that that how that I'll have the laugh track, everything. They have all the stuff in it, so it'll look like the show, just a two-hour episode or a 90-minute episode. Yeah, definitely yeah. yeah looking forward to that oh, yes yeah. absolutely absolutely yep very interesting to see so more of your recent directing projects include blackish as you mentioned and grodish what's it like working on those shows and how different is it from say like disney and nickelodeon Oh, very different um, because adult themes and all that. Grownish was the perfect thing for me to do first because, as I'm saying, I used to try to bring all that cinematic stuff to um, Disney and Nickelodeon, um, and Grownish just set you free. Um, Kenya's requirement is creativity and be hip, and so I got to really like do some of the things I wanted to do on that show. Uh, and then Blackish is such a standard great comedy. Um, that was fun to do that. It, it became a whole run because I ended up doing Modern Family, which I love, and Life in Pieces, and and, and a lot of um, uh, uh, Tom. And you're working with some brilliant, brilliant writers who talk about the theory of a joke, which is which was different for me. Um, and, and it was kind of like at the same time you're doing the skills, and now you you're talking about why these skills work. Uh, but that was great. They were really, really good experiences. And then I brought a little 
even when I did Blackish, I remember they had an episode where the mayor of um, LA was in it and and uh, Tracy and, and Anthony were having a dance and talking and I, I turned it into a 360, kind of giving it a different uh, feel, which they I got a note that they really liked. They liked that I didn't try to um, do it standard. So I was like, oh, okay, good. Definitely. I know yeah. you also um, directed uh, The Goldbergs, which uh, starred another uh, actor that we kind of recently lost, uh, George Segal. What was it like working with him? Well, I mean, he's an he was an amazing person, had some amazing stories. It was an honor to work with him, um, a legend, and really cared about people. Uh, I loved doing The Goldbergs. Um, I'll tell you a fun story. So at, when Goldbergs, uh, after COVID happened, Goldbergs was the first sitcom back and I was doing the first episode. We were doing airplanes, uh, yeah. the airplane. And so, you know, airplane in the eighties, everybody was sitting close together. And so because of COVID, I was like, well, let's put stand-ins uh, as the other, um, for the actors, as the other uh, people on the plane and dummies. So if you ever watch the episode, everybody in the back is a dummy. And to tell you how, like you take, as a director, you take things from one and you go to another. Um, eight months later, I was doing the flash and we were doing a car chase on the, the viaduct in Vancouver, which is this bridge, and um, they had all these cars. And if the stunts are going to be driving, you need to put stunt people in every car. Well, we couldn't afford to do that. And I was like, well, let's put dummies in every car. So <laughs> it's that idea. And so the whole street, the whole highway is cars and dummies all the way along there. And you can't tell. Uh, and it worked perfect. And it's just like, there's one thing about like for all your friends, fans who want to get into directing is that your skills, people don't, they, Talking about directing is they only want to hire you for what you've already done, but what you've already done is what makes you a good director because you can take those skills and apply them. Here, I got dummies in a plane and a comedy, and I got dummies in a car and a drama, and it works perfectly, you know. So it it, it, it was it was it was a very fun experience doing the uh, uh, Goldbergs, and the cast was great. Wendy, amazing, just an amazing, oh, yeah. cared. Fun, all of them, the whole cast, they were very, very nice. Very, uh, and the crew too. I've been very lucky that a lot of these shows you guys are mentioning, they were all had like good uh, family shows and good, or the people make good family core values. So, yes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So is that you're, it's always, I always call it a fractured family because you're a family and you become close for four or five years or however long the show is on. And then it breaks up and you may not see those people again. You may work with them on another show. You may never work with them again. But you're very, you become very close during that time, and then it, and then it ends. You know, I guess like high school, like you know, you close, and then you graduate and you go on. So, you know, yep, kind of... absolutely, yes, definitely. Yeah, and the 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 cool thing about uh, the Goldbergs is that was kind of uh, the the creator uh, Adam Goldberg that was kind of loosely based on his own childhood too, which I thought was really cool, really yeah. cool concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every episode in the 80s and in his uh and and I guess it's uh his his stories are even wilder than the show. I think they uh, someone told me they toned it down for the show. Like <laughs> Bob and <laughs> all the real life. So. Yes. That's yeah. Yes. <laughs> so since we're getting close to wrapping up, um, are there any words you'd like to say to those that have been supported and followed your career over the years? I'm sorry, kind of broke up. Any words I wanna any words you'd like to say to those who have supported your career over the years? Um, thank you. Um, I'm honored. Uh, I hope that um, all the stuff that I've done has helped entertain you and things that you can remember. And there's some moments and stories that 
you are uh, uh, holding dear. And and for anybody that's gone on to direct or do whatever, I hope there's some moments that you're reusing because I remember reusing a lot of different things that I grew up on by movies or TV shows and stuff. So I hope that uh, I hope that I have something. I, I hope it's gone full circle. Yeah. Absolutely. So mm -hmm. if people would like to connect with you, what's the best place uh, people can find you? Oh, um, I, you can go on my website. Uh, I, I'm on graphic novels, my character, Legend of the Mantamaji. Um, if you go on that and check out the short and then my, and hit me up and let me know that you, you liked it or didn't like it or buy the books and all that. And, uh, and you can see me through there. Uh, that's usually like the best way. Yeah. Awesome. And links to that will be in the description down below for people to connect. Awesome. So, so the last question that uh, Matt's about to ask is a question we ask all of our guests at the end. Go ahead, Matt. Thank you, Chris. This podcast is called Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show. When you think of nostalgia, what do you think of? Or in your own words, how do you define the word nostalgia? It's by TV show or just in general? Just in general. Just in general. Nostalgia to me is a remembrance of how you felt when you saw something. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I feel like I'm having I'm having this a lot lately because uh, I have kids. I have I'm always remembering like the shows that they watch versus the shows that I watched when I was a kid, and uh, I miss that. I, I I love streaming, but I miss that when I was a kid, we watched this. Everybody's watching the same thing during the summer or during the winter, or on a Tuesday night we were all watching Buffy or something. You know what I mean? Like I miss I miss mm -hmm. that. You had that thing. You kind of have it for a minute when Game of Thrones was on, but I miss, like, I love the show The Night Agent. I thought it was brilliant. And uh, I haven't seen, I haven't found enough people that watch it at the same time I did that could experience, you know, um, uh, you know what it is. I just finished One Piece and loved it. And I just, I want to, I miss that. So I haven't, so I, nostalgia to me is that what I was saying about, like, remembering how you, how things made you feel. Absolutely, yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's, like, it's like TV specials. Yeah, it's like TV specials. If you if you miss them, you missed them. You yeah. know, yeah. Like, <laughs> bitch, and now there's you know all these streaming services and stuff. Yeah, like you, like you literally watch crazy. it like 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 you like watch it again for 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 holiday or something. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, it's we've a, been doing crazy. that. Like, we've been doing all the. Uh, I started at COVID, but we've been watching all the. I just watched Crocodile Dundee the other day. Like. <laughs> Like we've been doing, like pick a week. Each week we pick an old something to watch um, to bring back. And and I and I do always remember where I was when I saw it and how I felt. Oh well, oh, wow. that's, that's part great. of the thing for me. It's like showing it for them, but for me, it's remembering like oh, I saw this at the theater, and this is the theater I saw it at. And I was watching this when this happened, and all that kind mm -hmm. of. Stuff. Yeah, we absolutely do things like that. Like oh my gosh, yeah, we, we do stuff like that. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, Eric, thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview with us. This was a blast. Yes. 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 And thank you very much, you know, for what you've done over the years to be a part of our lives. You know, keep up the great work and kind of wait what's you know, like in store for you, especially with upcoming projects that, that you can, that whenever you can allow talking about. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, I'm honored to have done the show. Check out Average Joe if you're old enough. It's a really great series that you're going to love. It premieres on. Uh, it's on Amazon. The first two episodes for free right now, and it's on Paramount Plus um, starting September 18th. Check out my graphic novel, Legend of the Mantamaji. It's a great series. I hope to, uh, I hope I get to do it as a, as a 
as a real series one day and uh, continue watching the shows. Um, Will Trent, you know, all the, you know, DC superhero shows and, uh, and uh, I hope to see you guys and thank honored that you um, check out anything that I do. Absolutely. Well, th thanks so much, Eric. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. I'll let you, I'll let your agent know when this goes up. Awesome. Please. I can't wait to see it. So thank right. you guys. Yes, really thank you. Thank talk. you. Yes, yes absolutely. Bye, Eric. Likewise. All right. Yeah. Yes. It's goodbye from us as well, everybody. We absolutely enjoyed our time with Eric Dean Seaton. The shows uh, he worked on, whether it's Disney Channel or Nickelodeon, we grew up watching that. It's, you know, a big part of our childhoods. Um, but in the meantime, uh, keep on the lookout for more wonderful interviews coming your way. And as always, as what do we always. say, Jake? Keep massage alive. Take care, everyone. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to another wonderful Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show interview. Be sure to follow Jake and the crew on social media and stream the show wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And as always, remember to keep nostalgia alive. Bye-bye.